And now, ladies and gentlemen. Why did this change? Is that weird? The whole thing's weird. Now it's going away again. Here we are with the Fergie and Dave Show. Live, 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 high energy radio podcast. Bring forward number 23. So I, I saw I saw a hell of a game last night. It's got kind of a long intro. For the, for the listener at home, this is the Fergie and Dave show. <laughs> Dave is dancing on the tabletop right now and almost knocked over his Coca-Cola, which is right on the side of the table over there. And so uh, I'll, I'll continue proper. Our band prop- is on vacation, so these guys are filling in. Proper <laughs> podcast. So you asked me about, uh, they're talking about putting a stadium on uh, Soldier Field, putting a stadium, putting a dome on. On the Soldier Field, football Chicago stadium. Bears NFL right. football the Bears stadium. downtown <clears throat> Chicago. But <laughs> they're talking about it's going to be a billion or a billion five ballpark. It ain't going to happen. Thanks, Jerry Jones, starting that bidding war. Well, that's, <clears throat> that venue doesn't have enough seats. No. They should have just, when they did Soldier Field the first time, they, they tried to save the... Mm-hmm. The pillars, pillars on the outside yeah. and put the stadium in there. Nobody really cared that much about the pillars. Yeah. It was it's just a hollow it's concrete yeah. shell. Well, if it would have fit inside of it, then that'd have been. But it's like a what did they say? It was like a UFO landed. It, it yeah. was too big. <laughs> it's like right. splashing out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so they could re- create new pillars to make it work with whatever the design is. Yeah, you know why? Yeah. Yeah. But to put a dome over that would it just doesn't make much sense. But yeah. the McCaskies bought the Arlington Racetrack from Duchess Swap. And, and he, why did they close the horse track to begin with? Uh, Any idea? Mr. D passed. He he did. Um, Mr. Duchess Swap. Yeah. He was like 101 years old or something like that. Was, yeah, he was really cool. Was I, he I guy saw with a key. <laughs> I was at a, I was at a Christmas party at the Drake Hotel with a bunch of you know a big deal, and uh, uh, Mr. Dutch, Mr. Mr. D is a, what we all call him. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there? He was probably ninety nine years old. He was sharp as a tack, man. We were talking outside when we were just getting our name tags and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I told him that we were out there years ago when he was designing that horse track. And I remember him telling the story about how he and his daughter went all around the country to different venues, uh, amusement parks and, and racetracks and all kinds of public arenas, took Polaroids back in the day. And his his daughter had took all these great ideas from her Polaroids as they went around. And then they put the Arlington racetrack together. Wow. Yeah. And he says, oh, you remember that, huh? I go, yeah, that was such a cool story. I think it's just it's really cool. Has it been there? It had been there a long time, right? Well, it burned down in the 80s. Okay, because that's what I was going to say. I was there. I went there one time around probably 1990. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and it, was it was brand new. Brand new, yeah. Marble floors, gorgeous windows, very Kentucky derby e. But just, I mean, they spent Boku bucks yeah. on that thing. Many, you know, private private uh, skyboxes, mm-hmm. 
uh, great food, amenities. And yeah. They used to have the kitty. We used to take the kids down at the, on the north end of the track, and they would have all these llamas and camels and donkeys and the petting zoo and all this stuff. So if you had little kids, you could go down there and throw it on a, a picnic blanket. <clears throat> and uh, the kids are all you know, petting the zebra and everything, little baby zebras. And, I mean, they had a menagerie yeah. of stuff that would come up. And then once in a while, you know, a bunch of thoroughbred horses would go by. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. We're at the yeah. track. Yeah, it was fabulous. The only time I had been there was, I think it was the weekend of a Kentucky Derby. Because I think I, it was a Saturday is the Derby. And I remember, I remember being saying that I wanted to... If somebody was talking about how everybody has to do that once in your life, there's nothing like the feeling of, you know, the 20 thoroughbreds coming at you. And I decided I'm going to go out to see if they're open. And if they are, I'm going to go out there. Yeah. And I did. And, and uh, a couple of us went out there and all I wanted to do is go down and stand on the rail. Um, oh, yeah, it's and holy cow. I mean, the powerful ground is shaking. Yeah. 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 It's really impressive. Yeah. Did you ever sit courtside at an NBA game? Not courtside. No courtside. It's very similar. Yeah. It's like these yeah. giant you yeah. know, creatures go running by. <laughs> and it's like, man, everybody's, you know, six yeah. foot nine, seven foot two, and they're just enormous. And they go, and they go running by. It's a, it's strangely enough, it's a very similar. Thundering herd. Thunder, <laughs> thundering herd. Yeah. You got 10 yeah. guys just ripping down the field, wow. uh, down the court. And uh, it was very much like standing on the rail at the, at the track. Yeah. Yeah. Now, these are thoroughbred racing. This is harness racing with carts or anything. Yeah, that's, it's, yeah. that's yeah, real race. Totally, yeah. totally different yeah. Yeah. animal. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. They really, they really, they really go. It's, it's, it's impressive, and it's. You see, when you're down that close, you realize how much danger those jockeys are in. Really, yeah. down, you know what can happen. Yeah, once in a while it does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I watched a um, documentary. No, I read a book. I read a book about Secretariat, and then, you know, I go down a rabbit hole, and I watch three documentaries, and I watched that Disney movie, and um, which was pretty accurate when it comes down to it it wasn't bad um but um when you have when you have a little perspective brought to you by people that know the sport that i mean there's just nothing in the same category as secretariat it's just amazing even oh, today yeah. amazing the, the final race did secretariat win it by 40 lengths or yeah. something yeah it was 40. exhibition but yeah it was in canada and yeah yeah it was well, the, the, when he won the Triple Crown. Against Man of War? Does that sound right? Uh, no. Is that the other that horse? Was, that's like, I think he might have been in the bloodline of Man of War. I okay. mean, there were, but there's two or three of them that, that most of them come down the line. That's the thing about Secretariat is he didn't, he wasn't a very good um, stud horse. None of his his offspring ever did, you know. I, I always, for some reason, I thought Seattle Slough was, had come from Secretariat, but but uh, she hadn't. Was that the one that had the the heart once the autopsy was done? The yes. heart was like yeah, twice like or three times twice the size, the size yeah. of a normal heart yeah. for us. So the, the blood pumping the yeah. oxygen, the amount yeah. of air going to That's the lungs exactly, yeah. and yep. this was just a strange just freak, freak of nature. Yeah. It just yeah. happened to be one horse. Right. And, it's like the, um, I remember um, Nolan Ryan had a birth defect in his elbow and it wasn't, it wasn't correct. And, but it, whatever, screws up your elbow when you pitch he didn't have it <laughs> yeah so i was able to pitch at 100 miles an hour for you know 25 years <laughs> yeah he yeah. yeah he was in the game yeah forever. he had some birth defect or some sort of a you know, double jointed or something but we talked about this before about the uh, a book called the the pitch the pitch yeah 
and it's all about uh, Tommy John surgery and stuff. Oh, yeah. I meant to bring that to you. It's a, it's a it's a great book if you want to learn about baseball. Great summer read, obviously, with the uh, the season and uh, all about how. Um, uh, the ligament, the UCL, UCL, yeah, U, UCL, uh, ACL, UCL. I mean, ACL. <laughs> I think foot, it's, I think uh, it's the ultra collateral ligament or something. Use, <clears throat> but anyway, we'll get the words right. But uh, it's this little, you know, like an infinity, like the shape of mm-hmm. infinity. What they do is take like this ligament out of your wrist that pops up when you grip, when you grip something, mm-hmm. um, and they take that and then they they put it in there with as a like a shape like an infinity, and they they stitch. Once you have that uh, injury, then they put they take that in there and uh, put it in your elbow. My, yeah. my son-in-law, my son-in-law. Yeah, son-in-law uh, had it done. Yeah, <laughs> I see some relation. Of some sort. Oh, that my kid. own son. That's what I meant. <laughs> no, he had it done at, uh, when he was uh, pitching for the uh, Padres Farm Club. Yeah, and uh, that's a, that's a whole other tale. We'll get into baseball one day. Oh, we, love, we love baseball in our family. Yeah, yeah. it keeps. Well, you family. got a player in the family. Yeah, we got uh, who? Uh, real quick, very quick. My daughter came. Uh, one Saturday morning, she's in college. Um, I'm reading the paper in the in the kitchen, and she's like, "Hey, Dad, my friend uh, Sarah and I went to the King County Cougars last night, and one of the baseball players wrote his phone number on a baseball and ta- and passed it up to me in the stands." <laughs> and I'm like, "Great, <laughs> double A, great, <laughs> great." But is he a lefty? <laughs> no. <laughs> I said, no. "Well, that's that's wonderful. They have they have two boys now and leaving Phoenix, yeah. and it yeah, was all because cool. of that baseball." That's very That's cool. Weird. You must still have it. The baseball. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Clearly, I would, used it as a prop in my father of the bride speech. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was a good one. So. <laughs> so, getting back to the Chicago deal with the dome, <clears throat> when when they were talking about selling Arlington. Um, the Bears people, the, the sports journalists were like, "The Bears should buy. It. The Bears should buy." It. They've been talking about moving to Arlington Heights for decades. Yeah, it's always the threat, right? Well, that's what the mayor said. She goes, "They're not moving. They're, they're they've got a contract." And she was really kind of bad about it. Yeah. There's other bad. adjectives that I'm cutting up. And she said they should just worry about winning games and protecting their quarterback. And she got very wow. specific. You know, why don't they just you know be able to uh, handle the rush or something? And she was very she, and and they were like it was like whoa. And you know, I said, boy, that's going to take off the Bears. They'll probably buy that property just to give it to her. I don't know if that was actually the thing, but about. Three weeks later, boom! The Bears bought it. There were se- there were f- several bidders for the property because it's huge, huge amount of acreage, and, and right by on the metro tracks, uh, right there, yeah. easy access, great. Uh, it's all there. The parking, massive parking lots already set up. You know the roadways and stuff like that, and it's just perfect. And, and they bought it, and then she. I mean, they're going to just it's the, the the political commercial is going to write themselves with that deal. <laughs> drive the bears out of town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drive the bears out of town. Yeah. Thank you very much. Now, I hope it's a threat, not a promise, because all I got to do is look at the well, look at most major league teams. You're in the city with your old legacy stadium. It's finally you can't do it anymore. And the city's gone to squat anyway so let's move out to the suburbs and build a new one and find out that that's not the greatest idea either and you move it back downtown oh. i mean the, the lions and the the lions did that the 
Uh, who else has done that? Uh, they Cleveland. Lived, they lived to Pontiac and then back downtown. Yeah, right? yeah. Pontiac. For Pontiac for 25 years. And it was just, you know, a it's big way go- far out there. Yeah, it's, it, it works for a little while. and But but I don't know. I The hotels, the restaurants, you need it yeah, all. You need it. It's, it's an economic driver. And, and if you've got a downtown like Chicago does, it's perfect for that. You know, why would you... Why if you could you build, out you know, herbs? the best I've ever seen is Wrigley. Wrigley has yeah. the environment, yeah. has the neighborhoods, has now it has the hotels and the restaurants yeah. and all all the rest. It used to be just kind of a, a big strip of little bars and places to grab a you know Italian beef sandwich or something like that. But now Wrigleyville has become so sophisticated. The Ricketts family has done a beautiful job with that area, and uh, but it's still <coughs> a neighborhood. Very much. Very so that's much the magic of it. Like yeah. a really cool neighborhood. Yeah. Really destination. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, me, I mean, has that not happened? At, I mean, I was at Soldier, last time I was at Soldier Field was to see the Stones last year. And, I mean, I barely recognized the whole neighborhood because it's just all parkland around there. And, and everybody walked from the loop or wherever they were staying. Nobody drove in there for that. But, you know, it's just, it's. It was. It's a wonderful atmosphere for something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chicago's a great town. I hope they get it straightened out. It's uh, yeah. it's a little rough now with uh, with uh, what the police are uh, dealing with. Yeah, <clears throat> they have their <clears throat> their moments, but uh, there's uh, and in Highland Park, Illinois, about um, well, on the Fourth of July. What today's the eighth? Yeah, ninth, something like that. Do you know somebody that was there? <clears throat> that what you told me. Uh, for our listeners in Highland Park, Illinois, there was a, uh, what is it, about 21-year-old man who took a rifle, high-powered rifle, went up uh, on top of a building and started uh, showering bullets into the crowd of a 4th of July parade in this this cute little well-to-do community. And um, is it eight or nine dead and 30-some injured? Yeah. He shot off uh, more than 80 rounds. He got 80 rounds off and uh, um, got out of the building, dropped the rifle, fell out of his bag, um, got in his car and went to a friend's house and then was planning to go to Madison, Wisconsin to shoot uh, other people with another gun. Uh, they did pick up the the rifle and were able to track the rifle very quickly to uh, to him and uh, they've got him. Uh, there's uh, did they have like a held without bail and, GPS uh, on that car or was it just lucky because he got pulled over for something? Oh, I, I hadn't heard that part, but uh, maybe yeah. I don't know if they knew. I mean, a GPS reason they would know where the car is, or if just like Timothy McVeigh just happened to get pulled over. So I'm in Chicago yesterday, and I'm photographing a bunch of uh, clients' executive portraits. I won't get into too many details, but the first guy that arrives, he just he he walks in the room uh, in the space, and uh, he's very formal and kind of I don't know, different. And I was like, "Hi, morning. Hi, how are you doing?" And I said, "Are you from are you from around here? You're from you're Chicago?" And he goes, "Yeah." I said, "Where's where's home?" And he goes, uh, "Highland Park." I was like, "Oh, geez." I just oh, and just uh, then I matched his tone immediately. It was just like oh, you just you don't know what to say. I yeah. mean, he said 
he said we were two blocks away from the shooting. We were on the parade route. We were right there. And he said, my my wife has always been frightened about this kind of stuff. Oh, really? And we moved to this town where we think it's going to be, you know, nice and safe. And here we are. And he said we ran into a store where we dropped our, like, you know, lawn chairs and purse and she, her any backpack. We just threw off everything and dropped it in the store and ran out the back of the store. And we're just running, just scattering. People yeah. were just scattering, like, you know. And uh, it's just, uh, he was just, uh, he, he was just numb. He was just, a, and, you, and you're standing there, and you, there's no words. There's nothing, I mean, there's, yeah. you, you, you just, it's this terrible, empty feeling. And it's like, my God, this, how, how needless, how, how yeah. you know, it's just awful. It's just, just awful. Uh, little kids, there was one, was it a two-year-old who's, yeah, who was, both his parents. Both of his parents yeah. were dead and and fell on him. Uh, yeah, and, and a stranger picked him <clears throat> up, um, thinking that his parents were you know had run or something. And uh, it wasn't until they got to the hospital, and they were able to figure it out. I think. My God, yeah. is this this guns, There's, ammo, guns, people, you know, mental mental illness, uh, all these things need to be addressed fast. This this is. This is not. This is uh, this is getting to be a daily thing now. It really is. Oh, two or three Every, mass shootings a day, yeah, a week, yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. Way too much. It's just it's heartbreaking. Yeah. There was a um, there was a family of three, um, and the uh, the the mother, the wife. Um, they all got up and <clears throat> grabbed the kid and started running, and. Um, when they got to inside of the store or wherever it was where they were going to try to hide out, somebody kept saying to her, oh, my God, we're going to get you in an ambulance. Are you all right? And she said, I'm, 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 we're all fine. I think we're all fine. And they said, no, you're not. You're bleeding all over the place. And she said, then I realized that I had been shot, but but it was it, the, the blood was all down her neck and then was in her shoe. So it ran down her leg and into the shoe. And they got to the hospital, and the uh, and the doctor said, "Well, you're kind of lucky because it sort of grazed you, and it cauterized itself when it went through because it was, you know, hot." Whoa, the round was yeah, hot itself. Yeah. So they had a picture of her um, where she had a bandage on the side of her face, but then the next picture is close up, and you can see it almost cut open her cheek. That's how close it was. Well. I mean, she's got to have like a, a huge, bloody scratch. I mean, just turn your head Sing. a quarter turn, and you know, it's all over. Yeah, For another inch, yeah. and she would have probably been gone. Jeez. Yeah, half an inch, maybe she'd been gone. And I don't think people. I've been watching, and I don't necessarily think people get a sense of what Highland Park is like. From it's just another sort of an urban setting, and but I mean, when somebody says what, what's Highland Park, like that's where Ferris Bueller lived. Ferris Bueller, yeah, it's very yeah. upscale. Where the car went out, the crashed off the back of the house. Yeah, yeah. Where Ravinia is. Yeah, Ravinia, yeah, the concert, the outdoor concert venue, where like Tony Bennett plays and Lady Gaga plays yeah. in in the yeah. in the park, like outdoors. And in the, in the there are estates. A lot of, I mean, a lot of the homes you'd call estates. There, they're yeah, large very, and very wealthy. Very wealthy, yeah. upscale, yeah. and beautiful little town. Beautiful, yeah. little, humble little downtown. And Is stuff. that where, where Steve Martin lived in planes, trains, and automobiles? It might have been. Oh, well, they said Evanston, I think. 
Oh, okay. But isn't it maybe maybe it was uh, uh, the what's that Christmas movie Home Alone? Maybe that was one of those was. All those John Hughes movies are in that general area. So this uh, the shooter Cremo, Crimo. Uh, authorities say that the accused killer fled Highland Park Massacre in disguise. He disguised himself as a woman. Yeah. And he put on some makeup and yeah, a dress or much. something like that and drove to Madison, Wisconsin, where he contemplated shooting up another Fourth of July celebration before returning to Illinois, where he was captured. Uh, there was talk that he they thought that he didn't do enough planning on this other yeah. one, so he decided to bail on it. It's, it's, uh, you know, <clears throat> people want to keep guns as a collectible or whatever like that. I'm fine with that. People want to use them for deer hunting or even home protection and stuff. But we don't need assault rifles. We don't need rounds like this. This is, this is a tool of war. That's immediately a tool of war. You you were talking about that. So, uh, so one guy can have enough firepower yeah. to take out a, you know a lot of bad guys and uh, th- these are allowed to in the public to the to the public for 19 year old 18 year old kids to get them on their birthday mm-hmm. the first day the day before mm-hmm. they were 17 and now they're heavily armed and the ammo why why is ammo so available why can people buy all these bullets why can you get all this gunpowder why can you how about we you know <clears throat> outlaw bullets it ain't the guns that are killing people it's the damn bullets let's what i don't know i mean it sounds too basic to be true but well somebody had this Mark, remarkable idea a few years ago that it made, made me stop and think that's not actually a joke that could be the problem being is the gun lobby controls all of it but you can buy whatever gun you want but all you need to do is put a $100 a bullet tax yeah. on ammunition how many you want to just like fire off for fun? But Love that. Yeah, it costs you a hundred bucks a round. Save up and kill you, man. Yeah. Save up. <laughs> yeah. Save up. Yeah, but you know, I, the, I we are a long, long way from. You know, we already did this. You know, you had to like, shoot the president and almost kill his press secretary. Um, and then 15 years later, you finally get the Brady Bill, and it outlaws only assault weapons. But it expired after 10 or 20 years, and it's gone, and they're all back. You shoot Is the that president. Right? I yeah, didn't the even Brady realize Bill. that. Yeah. The Brady Bill had a, had a, de- a drop date? Yep. And it expired under Clinton. And they tried to renew it, and no way. Wow. Yeah. That must have been the only way they got it passed in the first place was to give it a deadline, to give it a... Well, it, 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 a probably, they, yeah, probably. We just, yeah. just wanted it to be permanent forever. Right. Well, they had also just almost killed that. a president and, you know... It made an impression on D.C. I and guess. Yeah. Storming the Capitol doesn't. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Going to hell in a handbasket, son. <sighs> got to do something different. You got to do something different. Yeah. We need uh, we need some big time leadership. Some people with uh, something with their head screwed on right. We got to get people, this stuff. People would say during the uh, Great Recession that oh my God, I think this country's coming apart. And I'd say uh, talk to somebody that lived in the Depression, and you'll understand that this is not all that bad. And I mean, it's bad, but it's not the worst ever. But I think we're almost there now. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it does. Um, uh, it's time. It's time for a lot of this stuff to uh, to begin to shake loose, and I can't. I can't. Uh, 
understand why people aren't shocked by the people in power still they don't want to get primary they don't want to lose their spot in office um, and it's just getting harder for them too people that have to survive and, and again good people though that don't want to you know say the wrong thing and uh, get primaried and get get shot down um, uh, in the in the polling booth so uh, there are some good people that are, that are trapped between a you know a rock and a hard place on this thing too. You know, and and the NRA has never been weaker than it is right, right. now. So, yeah. you know, the AG in in New York has come after them. Their you know their leadership, their management team has kind of been uncovered as a bunch of crooks, and you know they're kind of handing it right back to them. Yeah, it's it's time. It's t- it's it's really time to get this stuff. Um, school shootings and stuff are the the sickest, and the, and the Fourth of July parade obviously is a that's a real uh, yeah. That's that's just bizarre. schools, churches, and Fourth of July parades. So, mm-hmm. well, we will uh, have a, a a brighter podcast the next time. I thought this was important for us to talk about because yeah. it was so local for us. And um, uh, we just we just hope that uh, can people can can heal and something real can be done to to fix this situation. So we all just fade to black with no music. Thank you. <laughs>